Parakhas Mishnah Beis Hashol Asapara. One who borrows a para. So I have several cases over here. The first case is Shaola Chasayom Uschara Chasayom. So Reuven borrows a para from Shimon for one day, whereby half the day he's a shol, he's a borrower, he's not paying rent, and the other half of the day he's a sok, he's a renter paying rent for the para. Or Shaola Hayom Uschara Lamachar. Reuven received the para for two days. The first day he's a shol, he's borrowing it, and the second day he's a soker, he's renting it. Or sachar achas v'shol achas. Reuven receives from Shimon two paros. One he's renting and one he's borrowing. The mesa, and then one of the uh, paras, they die. Uh, or shemesa para achas, or in the case where there's only one para, that para died. So the mashil is the lender. The shol is the borrower. Just to keep that in mind. So the Mashal Omer, Shimon, the lender, the Mashal, he says, Sheula Mesa, the par that was lent to you, that was a Sheula was, was lent to you, that's the one that died. And therefore, a Shoal is Chayv in Onsen, and Reuben has to pay for it. Or in the case where he borrowed it, Shoal Hayom is Chalamach, he borrowed it for one day and rented it for the other day. So the Mashal claims, Beyom Shaisa Mesa, the day that it was lent to you, that's when it died. And therefore, you're Chayv in Onsen, you have to pay. Or in the case of Sha'Allah Chasayim, Mishchar Chasayim, he borrowed a half the day and rented it the other half of the day. So the Mashal says, Bishan Shai at the time that it was lent to you, that's when it died. So Shimon's trying to claim that it died in any of these cases when it was being lent to you. Therefore, you're a Shol, you're Chayav, and you have to pay for it. But Vala, Maruven claims, no, ain't your day. He says, I don't know. Maybe the rented one died, and maybe the borrowed one died. Maybe the day that it was rented, the time that it was rented, whatever the case is, maybe it was rented when it died. And when I pay rent, I'm a Shomer Sacher. Shomer Sacher is obligated to pay for theft and for, for it being lost. And be exempt from paying. He says, I don't know. Maybe it was this one, maybe it was that one. It says the Mishnah, Chayev, Reuven is Chayev to pay Shimon. Why? Because Bari Vishema, Bari Adif. Bari means someone is certain. Shema is, it's a maybe. So if you have a Bari and you have a Shema, the Bari is better. If you have a certainty and a maybe, the certainty overrides and therefore Reuven would have to pay. Now this is just the face value of the Mishnah. The Mepharshim here explain actually that the Gemara says that the Halacha, we cannot explain our Mishnah like we just mentioned with the principle of Bari Vishema Bari Adif. Why? Because the halacha is, if you tell your friend, money li biyadcha, falomer and yodea, if I say you owe me hundred bucks, you say, I don't know, maybe I do, maybe I don't. So, shehu, shehu patr, the halacha is his patr, he doesn't have to pay. Because if I want to claim that you owe me hundred dollars, I got to bring proof. If I can't bring proof, I can't collect it. So to over here, mikan sha'af in our Mishnah, we're going to exempt the shawal from the onsim. Why? Because the mashal cannot claim that Aitaka was using it, that it died when it was borrowed. Maybe it died when it was rented, and then it'd be exempt. So how do you explain our Mishnah? So El HaMashah Shinu, our Mishnah is explained like this. Because going, for example, that there's an Eisek Shavua between Reuven and Shimon. There's an oath being taken place between Reuven and Shimon. How so? For example, Reuven is high to Shimon Shavua. So She'ela Chatzanyom, let's look at the cases. Reuven borrowed it for half a day and rented it for half a day. Or he borrowed it one day and then rented it for the next day. So the Mepharshim explained that Reuven actually received from Shimon two paros for one day. Half the day was, uh, 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 I'm sorry, two paros for one day. 
for half the day it was borrowed, for half the day it was rented, both of them. Or received two paros for two days. One day for She'ela being borrowed, one day for it being rented. And now they both died. So Shimon says, at the time that it was lent to you, that's when they died. But Reuven says, okay, listen to this. Para'achas, one of the paras died while it was being lent to me, B'Sha'a She'ela. And yes, I am chayef to pay for it. But regarding the other para, I don't know. Maybe it died when it was being rented, and maybe not. So now, Reuven is being moded the mikdash v'chayef shvua. The lacha is that if Reuven admits to part of a claim, he's admitting to part of it, now he's chayef to take a shvua to swear. But because he cannot swear, why? Because he said, uh, any other day, I don't know about the other one. So now he's chayef to pay. One who is moedib and mixes a taina, and he's chayef a shvua, but he cannot make the shvua because Yitaka doesn't know about the other half, the luck is that he's chayef to pay. And that's how you'd explain our Mishnah. And so too in the case of a sachar achas v'sholachas, where he rented one and he borrowed one. And the first explained that Reuven received from Shimon three paros, and two of them died. Shimon claims that two of them was given to you as a loan, one was being rented, and the two that died were the lent ones. Reuven says that the two, yes, two of them were lent to me. Va'achas and one of them died, and one of them that died was for sure the lent one. However, regarding the second one that died, I don't know. Maybe it was the lent one, maybe it was the rented one. So therefore, again, he's chayef to take a shivua, and because he can't make that shivua, because he says he doesn't know, he's chayef to pay for the two paros that died. So that's how we explain our Mishnah, where Reuven is being moed to the mitzvah he's admitting to part of the claim, and therefore he's chayef to take a shivua, but since he can't make the shivua because he doesn't know about the other para, therefore he has to pay. The Mishnah continues, however, Hasokher Omer, if the Socher, he's the one, Reuven's the first one to speak up. Reuven says, Sechura Mesa, the rented one died, the Socher is exempt from Onsim, or Beyom Shehoshua Mesa, the day that the one that was rented died, or Beshah Shehoshua Mesa, the time that the rented one died. So now, and Shimon, the lender or the renter, said, the lender or the, the owner, Shimon's the owner, so he lent it or he, rent, or he, he, or he rented it uh, to Reuven, he claims a new day, I don't know, Maybe the borrowed one died, maybe the rented one died. So, Pater Ruben is going to be exempt, even from making a Shavuah. Because since since Shimon is only a Shema, he doesn't know. And Ruben defending himself, saying that I do know. So now he does not even have to make a Shavuah, and he's exempt. The Mishnah continues, Ze'amar Shu'ula. If Shimon uh, Tainas, that the power that died was the borrowed one, and if Ruben is high of two pay, and Reuven says that no, it was the rented one that died, and I'm exempt from paying. So they're both uh, certain with their claims. Then Yeshava HaSochar Shechura Mesa. Reuven swears that the rented one died. The Gemara explains that this Shavua is because he's being moed mixas. He didn't admit to anything over here. He totally denied it. So Ella is called Gilgul Shavua. That it died like its normal way and it was an onus. Yes, it's a swear at what happened. So now we're Megalga, we roll over onto him another Shavua that took swear that it was Taka the rented one that died. And then he would be exempt. There's a different type of Shavua. He has to swear what happened. And once he's swearing what happened, he do a Gilgal Shavuah roll, another Shavuah on him, he swears that it was a rented one that died, and then he'd be exempt. 
And the last case of the Mishnah, Zeh Omer and Yudeyev, Zeh Omer and Yudeyev, they both claim they don't know. Reuven doesn't know if the borrowed or the rented one died. Shimon, the owner, doesn't know which one died. So now, Yachleku, then you just divide it, you split it. Uh, and the truth is, the Gemara explains that our Mishnah is like the opinion of Sumkis, who holds Mamon HaMutl Basafik Chulk, when you have money placed in doubt, you just divide it between the two parties. But the Lacha does not follow like Sumkis, rather it follows like the Chachamim, that hold Hamutzi Mechavir Alvaraya. If you want to claim something from somebody else, the burden of proof is on you. So if each one of them are saying, I don't know, so then the, the borrower is Pater, it's exempt. So Hashol Pater. He has to swear that he doesn't know what happened, and then he would be exempt, because the owner cannot claim it from him since he has no proof. Okay, the Mishnah Gimel is a lot shorter. We'll wrap it up with Mishnah Gimel. Hashol is the part one who borrows a para. Vishilchalo, the mash'il, the owner, sends it to the shol, the borrower, Bi'ad Beno, in the hands of his son, or Bi'ad Abdo, the hands of his servant, or Bi'ad Shluchu, the hands of his uh, messenger. This is all of the mash'il, the owner's son, or servant, or messenger. Or, he sends it, Bi'ad Beno, Bi'ad Abdo, Bi'ad Shluchu, Shal He sends it in the hands of the son, of the servant, or of the messenger of the borrower. The mesa, and then the para dies on the road. So, putter, the shol is exempt. He didn't become a watchman over it until it comes into his domain. And since it died on the road, he's going to be exempt. And with regards to the shliach, shluch with regards to the, bar, the, the messenger of the borrower, so the Mepharshim explained, we're talking about a case, he didn't appoint the shliach in front of witnesses, he just said, go get the para for me. But if he appointed the shliach in front of witnesses, so now he's yimser hamashal sapara la oso shliach mechayev hashol bonsa. When the moment the owner gives that para to the uh, messenger, since that messenger was appointed with witnesses, the borrower actually would be chayev and owns him, even though it didn't physically come into his domain yet. Whereas others explain that no, it doesn't matter whether there's witnesses, whether there's no witnesses, he'd still be exempt until it comes into his actual domain. So two ways to explain that pshat. And another case, Amrlo Hashol, the borrower tells the Mashal, Sholchali, send it to me. Behind Beni, the hands of my son. Behind Abdi, the hands of my servant. Behind Shuchi, the hands of my messenger. Or he says, Or he says, uh, the, the borrower tells the owner, send me the para. Behind Benchan, hands of your son. Behind Abdach, the hands of your servant. Behind Shuchach, the hands of your messenger. Or, the owner tells the borrower, I'm sending it to you, in the hands of my son, in the hands of my servant, in the hands of my messenger. Or the last case, he says, I'm sending you the para, in the hands of your son. In the hands of your servant, your messenger. And the shol responds, yeah, go ahead, shalayach, send it. The shulchan, he sends it, and it dies on the road. In all these scenarios, of the shol, the borrower is high of the pay. Because once it reaches the hand of one of these people, it enters the domain of the shawl to make him chayev to pay. And the Gemara explains that which was said that the shawl tells the mashal, send in the hands of your servant, and the owner sends in the hands of his own servant that it dies on the road. So the shawl will be chayev to pay. That's dafka with an evid ivri. But if it's sent in the hands of an evid kanani, even if the shawl tells the mashal, I feel amal of a shawl, send it, you know, go ahead and send it. He's not chayef to send it. He's not, he's not chayef and owns it, I'm sorry, if it dies in the road, until the shawl actually receives it in his hands. Because an evid kenani, is, everything the evid has is owned by his master. 
So his hands are like the master's hands. And therefore, it never left the domain of its owner. And in that case, the shoal would taka be exempt. And v'chein b'shashimachzira, so too, when the shoal is returning the power to the mashiol, through any of these people that we mentioned, it doesn't leave the shoal's rishus till it comes into the mashiol's domain. And if it dies on the road, the shoal will be high enough to pay. However, if the mashiol tells the shoal, send it in the hands of one of these people, where the shoal tells the mashiol, I'm going to send it in the hands of one of these people, and the mashiol says, go ahead and send it and he returns it, it dies on the road, then of course the shul would be putter from paying for it, because now the mashal accepted it. And when, when, when do we say this? When he returns it within the shale uh, of the loan period. But if he's returning it after the loan period, now he already became, the shul turns into a shomer, sacher, a renter, because it's after the loan period. Now we know the lacha is that a renter, a sacher, is exempt from onsim, it's only chayv and geneva ve'abeda. So if it was returned after the loan period and died on the road, regardless of what the scenario is, then he would be exempt because now he takes on the status of a soker that's exempt from Onsen.